0: The one and two with Judy Lou. Let's talk Gladi. I know it's been like a week now, but I'm still heartbroken. I mean, she does need to sit and just chill in her, I hope, beautiful mansion. Look, I've never personally been to her house yet, but I'm just envisioning her in a bath while binging some Netflix, drinking some wine, ordering Uber Eats for about three weeks straight. Then hopefully she'll get ready, maybe go up to Byron for a bit of a hot girl summer. Um, and then once she's ready, maybe next year she can run for Prime Minister, kick out SCOMO. I think her being Prime Minister would really kill it with New Zealand as well. I think her and Auntie Cindy would just be the best A-U-N-Z power team. Because I think every time just into like shake hands and stuff with SCOMO, like she just looks really unpleasant. Like she's like, I don't like this man. But her and Gladdy, oh my god, they would kiss, they would hug, they would like have a champagne. And then sorry, what's worse about this whole Glady has resigned is that the new guy that stepped in, oh my god, look, I'm just gonna say we've taken a massive step back in time with this guy. Like we take two steps forward with Gladi, we've taken 70 steps backwards like he's your classic white privileged catholic male with the wife and the six catholic kids and they all go to private school and it's like the perfect christian family from the 60s in 2021 like it's a bit outdated and he's made like a comment on abortion like showing that he doesn't approve of it it's like bro you're literally a male you have no say that's like us going okay, well, I'm going to go into parliament and I'm going to start doing all these rules around circumcision. Like, it's just not it, babe. You just shh. And when we were voting yes to the gay marriage, obviously him being a strong Catholic was like, oh, no, marriage is about having kids and then they have a mother and a father. It's like, one, well, no, it's not. And two, your wife would probably be so cut from that statement. Like, if you asked my dad what's a marriage about, he'd be like, It's about marrying your best friend. Like they literally had a plaque hanging in our kitchen at our old house, but got sick of like every one of us four kids laughing at it every time we walked past. But looking back, like it's cute. Like my dad's not like marriage is about your kids having a male and a female as a parent. Anyway. So who knows? Look, maybe we'll take a huge step forward with our premiere next. Maybe it'll be like an Aboriginal gay woman, Oh, my God, maybe it'll be Noralda Jacobs. For anyone that does not know who Noralda is, she's a news reporter. I worked with her at Channel 10. She is so stunning inside and out. She's intelligent. She's just nice. Wow, okay. Well, I was not intending to get that political, but, I mean, it just shows how good Gladys is because I never really cared about politics and who the Premier was before her. To be honest, I don't think I knew who the Premier was before her anyway okay hello and welcome to episode seven so in today's episode we're talking all things social etiquette whether that's in relation to when you're at the gym or when you're at work or on a first date or maybe at the dinner table we're just going to unpack it all do not ask me why I feel entitled to be telling you about social etiquette but I'm here and this is this episode so If you see things I do and you're like, I'm not going to take social etiquette from you, that's great. That's fine. Don't. Please take this very lightly. I'm just saying I do not do everything I'm going to talk about 100% of my life every day, every second, every minute. Nor am I saying that everything I say, you need to start instilling into your life as well. I'm just saying this is just general etiquette, dabble in it, try and do it most of your life. But I mean, you're not going to go to prison if you don't. Okay, let's start with phones because they're here to stay. They're very prevalent. Everyone's got one. I want to start with noise pollution. Now, this triggers me so much and not throwing you under the bus, but my partner is horrendous with it. I'm trying to groom him to be more mindful of his noise pollution because it actually does my head in and I think maybe like I could have a bit of autism. That's how much I'm triggered by this noise. So there's a few different scenarios. For example, if we're just at home, you can hear a pin drop. Well, I'd have your volume on about a 1 out of 10 then because you really don't need to have it on 10 out of 10. Like I don't need to be listening in the bedroom to what you're listening to in the lounge room. Uh Ah, no need. But then like public transport, you don't want to be those people who just don't have the earphones so they decide, oh, you know what, I'm just going to play it for everyone to hear no you don't even like I wouldn't want people to be looking at me like is this chick for real but people obviously don't care because they do it you don't have headphones on you're watching the subtitles and then when it comes to like maybe a concert that's probably the only time I say you can have it on full blast volume um or if you're kind of supplying the speaker for the party as the phone speaker and you're playing music okay full blast in a cup there you go but in terms of quiet situations, let's pull it down or family situations where you're watching TV together and someone just starts flicking through their Instagram with all the noise up. I'm like, bro, are you for real? Like we're literally all watching something together and now your noise pollution is just coming in on top of that and just really ruining this. So I'm just going to wrap that up there. And then there's just stuff like, you know, you get a call whether you're at a dinner or whether you're just at someone's house take the call outside we don't need to be listening to the grocery list you're giving to your roommate like just take it outside or just text them um and then when it comes to maybe like this is more on a phone social media side but asking before posting photos sometimes I appreciate in terms of like if something could be secretive like obviously you'd need to check with the person that you are allowed to post it or if it's, like, a special celebration. Like, for example, I have a friend who has a tattoo and her mum doesn't know about it. And it's somewhere kind of visual. Um, she's done a great job of covering it for ages. But in photos, we all have to show her it to see if she approves that you can't see the tattoo at all. And one time we actually got our friend to Photoshop the tattoo out. So just stuff like that, like, just asking him for posting. Phone on silent when appropriate. Like, library, funeral, office, movies, whatever. Sometimes I take this too far and I just go, do not disturb. Like I'll just d it. But then I can miss a lot. So find a happy medium. Or even if someone shows you a photo on their phone, this is a classic, I think, mum thing. They give you the phone, look at this photo of my dog. Next minute, they looked at the photo, oh, I'm going to swipe left, I'm going to swipe right, let's just have a look around the camera roll. It's like, no. What if I had a photo of what you're getting for your birthday? Well, you've just ruined that then. Or what if I had like my before photo of me trying to lose weight every other month Then you're looking at me like in a brown undies, no thanks. So I'm just like, just look at the phone and return it. I even get trust issues just handing them the phone. Like I feel like just kind of me holding it and showing them and then like me returning it back to me. And then a good segue into my next topic of like all things eating and food, no phones at the dinner table. Um, So we've always done this as a family and like, You know, I sometimes I have my phone on me, don't get me wrong, but it's just like face down or in my pocket. Like I'm not there texting like on calls, taking Snapchats while we're all eating because obviously I'm eating and that's probably a priority anyway. So don't have to worry about that. And then also waiting until everyone has sat down, especially the host or, you know, the cook or whoever owns the place that I'm there. I'm not going to like start shoving down the food that they've prepared for me while they're still doing errands and collecting napkins for me. Um, so I think that's a big one in terms of like bringing food to workplaces, don't bring any smelly food, like boiled eggs, tuna, stuff like that, or like prawn heads. Or if you do like, just be respectful about where you eat it. Like I wouldn't be eating it at my desk with everyone trying to work and they can just smell this waft. Um, and then also, sorry, back to the dinner table, pushing a chair in when you leave the table, that's obviously a big one. Even if you're, like, just running to the bathroom, running to the kitchen. And then that applies for restaurants as well, to be honest. And then when going to, like, people's dinner parties, don't come empty-handed. Like, if someone's taking the time to host you, like, they're doing things behind the scenes. Like, they're cleaning, they're preparing, they're ordering, whatever. Bring something or offer to pick up food or drinks or whatever it may be. To segue onto, then, like, events, hosting, dinner parties, being on time is massive for me. Sometimes I can't because, like, something's gone wrong in my day, like a chaotic sad day and something hasn't gone right and I'm late and I hate it and it freaks me out. Anyone that knows me, like, I just get so stressed when I'm late because I hate being late. And, like, yeah, just be on time. Like, you don't have to do a fashion late entrance. You're not the queen of England. Just be on time. Um, always RSVP, especially, like, on Facebook events. I get triggered because I organise Facebook events sometimes. And I get triggered when people stay in the invited category and they've seen it. And it's like, just say going or not going or you don't know yet. So there's a maybe button for you guys. I think it triggers me more because it's kind of like an uncompleted task. If I'm invited to a Facebook event and there's buttons there for you to choose and it's like, choose what category you're in. I like to just put myself in that category. It's like going, yes, that's me. And I just press it and it's done. I feel like I've completed that like tick. But some people don't. It's like, what, are you too cool to say going? Like are you just gonna like be mysterious and then rock up later? Like no, no one cares. Just fucking say going so the host knows how many you cater for. Um, and then to say you're at an event or a party or a dinner party, knock before you go into the bathroom, please. Don't just enter, don't just barge in. I mean, if I'm in the toilet, I'll obviously try and lock it, but there's some bathrooms that they just don't lock or whatever it may be. Just knock. Like I think it's kind of arrogant when people just like run in there as if it's definitely going to be vacant but it's not and it's just so awkward and then like if I was the host even just for like someone coming around like say they're on a walk and they pop in I always offer my guests like a water when they come over I don't know why sometimes I offer them a drink like something a bit more spicy than water but you know always offer them a beverage I should say speaking of beverages let's talk about when we're going out If someone buys you a drink you just buy them one back whether you didn't ask for it whether you don't like him whether you've got no money somehow find a way to just return the favor they probably wouldn't ask for it and they probably wouldn't expect it but I just I don't know one for one and then if they just keep going ridiculous amounts like you could just be like look I need to tap out like either I'm not drinking I have no money to pay back or whatever some people are very generous and don't like give it flying f if you can't do it back but just that initial like one for one When going to an RSL, take your hat off. It's for respect. An RSL, you know, like they're different to other venues. Just take your hat off. Um, And then in terms of like when you go to the bathroom, if all the stalls are empty except one, so one person's in there, don't go sitting right smack bang next to that stall. Give them some space. Maybe go a few to the left, a few to the right. But I just find it funny when, like, say I'm, like, in the club peeing and the whole bathroom is empty, there's, like, 20 stalls and someone chooses to go on the one right next to me. I'm like, chick, really? Like, do you want to have a chat? Like, why are you right next to me? Like, give me some space. I know we can't see each other, but, like, still. In terms of dating, look, to be frank with you, I haven't been on that many dates. I did go on one, like, a few years ago, and I remember he was – A bit of a, I think he was just dumb to be honest. I'm just gonna say dumb. And like, I paid for all of our dinner. Then we went and got snacks. I paid for snacks. Then we we did everything and I just paid for everything. And it was a bit weird because like the thing that this guy did, you knew that he was on like at least 400k or something. So I was like, "Mm, I'm sitting on like an assistant wage at my old job. I would have been on like 45k and this guy's on like 400, yet I'm paying for everything. It's not even about the fact that I paid. It's the fact that he didn't even offer. Like he wasn't like, oh, just take my card. Or he wasn't like, oh no, I'll grab that. Like I felt like a bit of a slave. I was like, I'm getting out, going to buy the things. I'm getting out of the car, going to buy the snacks. So I was a bit off that. I think it should be just as even as possible. So like then when I went on a date with my current partner, which so many green ticks, we made it as even as possible. Like we went to a bar first and like I did around he did around I did around he did around and then we did go to dinner and he did pay for dinner but then our second date I paid for the food so like that's how we kind of made it even and obviously just don't go on your phone like if you need to send like you girls like a thumbs up to be like he is not a serial killer yes like quickly just send it on the side or go to the bathroom and do it because I get that sometimes you need to like keep in comms with your mum or your girlfriends or your dad or whatever to be like hi date's going well don't worry all good but I mean besides that I would just stay clear of the phone as much as possible okay good segue to my next category because just preferencing this for you all I may have had a bit of insight from my partner on this as he's a more exercise gym person than I am believe it or not But yes, just etiquette in the gym. So first and foremost, he said, don't grunt, speak or yell to yourself. So I think sometimes when he's at the gym, there'll be other guys next to him, like, shouting Nike slogans to themselves just to pump them up and grunting, like, look at me. I'm carrying a lot of weight. I will grunt to show that off. Like, he's not about it. Maybe it helps people, but he's just like, if we could minimalize, that would be Right. He also mentioned don't throw your weights around like just place them nicely back where they were. Like if you're strong enough to carry these weights for example like really heavy dumbbells don't then throw them like on the ground because they're so heavy like oh can't do one more of these. Like I get once you're done you set like have a break but then go once you're ready and put them away nicely to where you found them. Don't like throw and chuck them and like make all this noise to be like oh guys look how heavy these weights are he also said do not sit on equipment while on your phone so there must be people who just like literally will go to like a bench press and then just like text and like call and like send emails like that would just that would piss me off I mean go to the bathroom and do it or go to this or go home go to your car um so that's a big no-no and just cleaning down your equipment and benches this was before COVID as well I think it's just a massive thing. Well, he says it's a massive thing. I mean, I would do it if I really went to the gym, but yeah. Okay, in terms of like a car etiquette, so if you're borrowing someone's car for a trip or a weekend, etc., return it with a full tank and clean. Waving to the car behind you when they let you in traffic that's a big one for me. Like, sometimes if I'm driving with someone. And they've been let in, but they forget to wave in their rearview mirror. I'll put up my hand and just wait for them because, like, the person behind them has gone to the effort of like letting them in, so you may as well say thank you. And when I let people in, it's a really like annoying favour at the time, like whether I'm in a rush or whatever it is. If they don't wave back, oh, it boils my blood sometimes. Sometimes I don't care because like a really good song's on, like I'm seeing to do a leave. I don't care, but. If I'm, like, really, like, in a rush and I've got somebody and they don't thank me, I'm like, uh uh-uh. Also, using your blinkers. Can we just use them? Like, I don't even think I have to say this, but on the weekend I was walking around Cronulla and where one of the roundabouts was, I was crossing one of the roads and I saw the car who was kind of driving alongside me. Didn't have any blinkers on, so I assumed obviously it was going straight. So I'm like, cool, I'll cross the road while this car's going straight because I'll be walking in parallel with it and he'll block me from any cars coming through. Anyway, it turns out he was coming towards me. He just forgot to put his left blinker on. And I kind of, like, looked at him and was like, this is your fault. Like, if you hit me, this is your fault. This isn't my fault. Like, I know this isn't a crossing, but you didn't have your blinker on. So, like, this is on you If if I die. Anyway, he was going very slow and I was actually walking quite fast because... Um, I was scared so it was not even a near miss it was pretty um pretty safe but still just use your blinkers in relation to shopping grocery shopping that is please return your trolley after you have used it like once you've gone to the car and you've taken your groceries out and you're ready to go just put the trolley in the trolley bay because people leave it by their car and Just, it's not it. It's not the social etiquette around grocery shopping, obviously. And also, if you're paying cash, and this counts for like, not only grocery shopping, but like at bars or wherever it may be, please give the cash straight to the person. In their hand, don't just like put on the bench or put it for somewhere where they have to then go pick it up for you. I worked at a bar when I was younger and I would just be so annoyed when my hand was literally out. And they'd get their cash and just like straight from their wallet onto the bench. Might like, no, no, my hand's here. Like you can put in my hands and then I'll like do this for you. And then just in general, say you're getting in an elevator to go shopping. Let's just stand facing the front of the elevator. Don't like walk in, lean up against the walls, like have a look around. Don't like walk in and then literally just face the other person while the lift goes. Like just walk in and face the doors so that everyone's facing the same way because it's just awkward and then like say you're going to the movies and it's pretty quiet you know it's not fully packed out your seat's not allocated let's not sit like right next to a stranger let's give like a two three seat gap between you and the next group of people because like you didn't come with them so don't go sit right next to them all up in their space and in their grill I mean, unless if it's, like, literally every seat's booked out and your seat's and you have to sit next to that stranger, then I get it. But otherwise, let's have some space. Let's do some social distancing. And then just some other general rules of thumb. Let's avoid manspreading. So especially while commuting, like, on trains, manspreading, for those who may not be aware, it's pretty much just when you sit with your legs, like, super spread apart. It's, like, kind of an arrogant way to sit to be honest um obviously not great for women especially if they are in skirts but I think this is more of a man's issue anyway and they like have their knees out so far like they're taking so much more room than they should be let's just avoid that unless if you've got all the room in the world you're pretty much on a carriage by yourself and you know you physically can't keep your legs together then yeah I guess man spread if you must And then in terms of swearing, I think this is just all about the environment, the time, the place. Like you're not going to say the F-bomb or the C-bomb at work or like at a family barbecue, but if you and your girls are drunk on the pierce and you're telling a funny story, you might throw an F-bomb in there. And then also I think the rude finger action should only exist in a funny sense of humour kind of way. Like, if someone was to be, like, serious and aggressive and, like, in the midst of rage and they pull out the rude finger, like, I think I would actually laugh so hard. So I just think there's no need. Like, unless if I'm greeting my brother from far away, like, I might just, like, throw up the finger. Um, But it's not an actual sign of, like, aggression or seriousness. It's more just taking the mickey. And then finally, in terms of work-related social etiquette, first and foremost, I'm just going to start off by saying just treat everyone with the same respect as if they were all your CEO. Like I know at 10, I was really close with the cleaners and all the car park security. One, they were nice. Two, I saw them every day, so I'm not going to ignore them. And three, they would help you out here and there, you know, when you needed it, if you needed a little car park they give you sneaky visitors on the side and in terms of like lunches so if you're taken out to a lunch by like another team or another company always send a thank you email or note afterward just to be like you know we appreciate you making the booking and taking the time and then also if they're taking you out like paying for it like if you get to lunch and they haven't organized like the standard banquet which usually they will but if they haven't and you're like Oh my God, what the hell do I order? I don't want to overorder. I don't want to underorder. Just copy whatever your manager does, really, because they're setting the tone and you can't get in trouble if your manager's done it. In terms of like drinking at lunches with like corporate staff and employees, everyone is a little bit different on this. I say like I would have a drink or two just kind of for the fun and like the bonding aspect of it Um, I wouldn't get sloshed obviously and keeping in mind then after lunch finished I'd have to return to work finish my whole workload if anything I'd be behind and like I'd need to be in a good headspace to get it done so yeah I'd have a little drink with them have a cheers keep it fun keep it fresh keep it light but I wouldn't be rolled out in a stretcher you know I'd keep my head on my shoulders also on that just a little tip I taught myself when it came to like events, functions, work, lunches, whatever. To stay up to speed with how many drinks everyone's had. However, not lose my head. I would have half champagne, half soda waters. So like say I'm rubbing shoulders with a big wig and like I'm trying to keep up with them in terms of drinking. I would always be like, here, I'll go to the bar. I'll get us our next round. What do you want? I'd get them whatever they want. And then I'd ask the bartender to just give me half a glass of champagne, half a soda water, and I'd come back to them. we keep chatting So that way, you know, I'm only having half the capacity of someone else. So if everyone's up to their 10th drink, in reality, I'm having my 10th glass, but there have only been half amounts of alcohol. So I'm my fifth champagne. Does that make sense? So that I didn't lose my head and then I could also absorb what these big wigs are telling me and also just, you know, not embarrass myself in general. And then just a few more rules in terms of work. Dressing at work, look, I would just say it's not a nightclub nor is it a gym or your couch. So the golden rule is really to just dress as if you're always ready to go to a meeting with your boss. So even if you've got nothing on that day, even, you know, no one's in office or whatever it may be, just be ready in case, you know, your boss comes in and goes, oh, jokes, we've got a big meeting with a lot of people, like, are you ready to go? And you'd be like, yeah, I am. And in terms of things where, like, the company will throw on free food, Free drinks, free sweets, whatever it is. Don't go ham. Don't go try to squirrel away some for later. Just have whatever is appropriate. Don't be hoarding the free stuff. That's all I'm gonna say. And another thing in terms of like mingling relationships at work, whatever. When I was single at ten, my rule of thumb was just don't shoot where you eat. In terms of acting on like a one day romantic crush you might have, like. Just don't. However, I have seen some cute couples come out of work and I feel like that's great for them. But I've also seen some really awkward experiences of people just like hooking up at a Christmas party or whatever. And then they come to work the next day and they're like, ah, hashtag some regrets. And just people like seeing you mack other people at work is so cringe. Like, imagine all like your boss and your employees have literally witnessed you macking on at the Christmas party like that site would knock it out of their head and it just, I don't know, it paints a certain picture, let's just say. So, uh-uh, not for me. Okay, that is all for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed today's class on social etiquette. Any questions or comments, just drop by the Instagram at Judy Lou's Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please share with your friends and I'll speak to you next time when hopefully Nerelda Jacobs is the New South Wales Premier by then. So fingers crossed. Love you, leave you, and enjoy the outro. The one and two with Judy Lou.